Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. How's everybody doing? Well, praise the Lord. You know, our Father, the Lord, is always here when we gather. But He only makes Himself known more as we hunger and thirst for Him. He's always here. It's not that today's any more special than any other day. It's that He reveals Himself to the level that people hunger for Him. It is the one thing about God that I really don't know the reason, but Scripture says it's the glory of God to conceal things. But it's the glory of men to seek them out. So some reason in the nature of God, He he likes waiting until people hunger and thirst, diligently pursue Him. To reveal himself though he is around them and around you all the time. And that's why blessed are those who thirst and hunger. Blessed are those that are thirst and hunger. The reality is it could be a hard statement to swallow in our culture. But the truth of the matter is, is you have as much of encountering God as you hunger for. And... Sometimes the reason that there's a lack of hunger is because we're unwilling to open up areas of our life where God wants to speak, where God wants to heal, where God wants to move. Now once we close off areas of our heart, there's no coincidence of how God designed our heart that there's chambers It's the same thing spiritually. There are chambers of your very makeup. You can be very open to God in one area of your heart, your spiritual heart, and be very closed to Him in another area. That's why the goal as a psalmist is that we get serving the Lord with our whole heart. That we love God with all of our heart. But when we close up an area to the working of God's Spirit, then we by default must begin to look for substitutions to fulfill, to bring relief that only God can bring. So I say all that to say that you have to learn that this is normal when it comes to those that are followers of Jesus Christ and who serve a great heavenly Father. It's normal to encounter Him. It's it's normal to be undone in His splendor, and the holiness and the majesty of His glory. That's normal. And for some of us that grew up in mainline denominations or traditionalism, you got to understand that stoic, cold-heartedness, Shying away from being thirsty and hungering and abandoning ourselves completely on God. That people that's not used to that, that that is what's not the norm in the kingdom of God. The norm is encountering Him. The norm is hungering and thirsting for Him. And you know, praise is never praise until it comes out of your mouth. Praise is never praised till it comes off your lips. And so I'm just thankful for what God's doing in our lives. But I know that there's always one, there's always two, there's always three. That God so longs to get you to open up more and open up a place. And uh, I know personally that I wouldn't be where I am today by the grace of God if it wasn't for moments of hungering and thirsting for Him And his manifest presence. And I know because as Pastor Craig said. 
leaders in the body of Christ deal with the same temptations and struggles as every other brother and sister. And I know the depth of encounter that I need in order to walk uprightly and to walk in the power of His might in the day we live in. How much more does each of you who's out there in the field, at the job, around doubters and skeptics and what the Bible calls wicked people because they know right and don't care and despise good. So all I'm saying is, is that once you start encountering more of God and His glory and open up, you begin to understand it's normal. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to hide. We can totally abandon ourselves in the light of His glory and countenance. And you'll find so many loads lift off your shoulders. You'll find so many weights of this earth begin to be washed away. Because we're not to carry on our own these areas where we've closed them in our heart. We need the grace of God. Can I hear an amen? Well, we've come to the conclusion here in the month of August of this series, Tweets from Heaven. And today's tweet went out here the last couple days and continued to go out. But the tweet is, and it shall come to pass. In the last days, says God, that I will. That's the tweet. But that leaves us hanging a little bit. God says that I will do something in the last days. But a tweet doesn't tell the whole story. So today, as we've been doing in these series, we want to see the whole context. We want to see what... This tweet really means. Well, go with me to Acts 2 and verse 17. If you have your sermon cards, you can follow along. If not, you can raise your hand and someone will get you one free of charge. Because money's not the answer to everything. It's a good thing that the Lord encountered, or we encountered the Lord today. And I did personally, and Pastor Craig said that scripture because after last night, finally getting the, the final estimation of the payoffs of the fight and uh, that many people cared about. I know many of you here don't care about, but there's many people around that do care about. I was thinking that my next big adventure was to fight Floyd Mayweather. Because I thought, oh my goodness, one fight and we can plant, oh man, at least half our goal, probably 500 churches. But, but the Lord put a stop to it this morning. Both in spirit and in word. You know that's what God wants to do by the way. You understand that God has called dwelling place to be a holistic model. That he has weaved people to go before you in situations and circumstances and contexts to understand the importance in his heart for a holistic culture. He's weaved us through a life journey where some of us have been in a context where it was only word. And then others of us have been in context after that where it was only spirit. But can I tell you that God wants us to encounter him in word and in spirit. In word and in deed. In word and in exploit. Hallelujah. And in Acts 2 and 17, the text says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Notice that the tweet, when you get the full context, God says, I will. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters. How many got any sons and daughters in here? Well, this is right up our alley. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. Now I know this isn't the accurate translation, but some people, they get so loose in their interpretation of the context, they really know it's the last days because of all the vapor 
smoke that's going on around in our community now. You know, all the people that got delivered from cigarettes, but now they're vaping. Well, some people say it, it's getting close to Jesus' return. There is the vapor of smoke all around us. But that, that's a little stretch hermeneutically. But nevertheless, in verse 20, it says, The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls, whoever calls, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Here's the title today. The title of the message is, It's Late, But It's Not Too Late. It's late, but it's not too late. Let me pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that today the reality is either we're sons and daughters of you or we're not. And God, I pray for those of us that are sons of daughters that we would just accept the reality of that, that we are your sons and daughters, that you have brought us into your loving arms through the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, we marvel in your grace. We're amazed at your beauty. We are full of gratitude and thankfulness that you have apprehended us for your purpose and your calling and your kingdom. For fellowship with you. God, give us ears to hear and hearts ready to obey. Eyes to see Jesus Christ and him clearly crucified but risen in glory and victory. For this we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. How many by show of hands was able to see the eclipse live? That took place. Oh my gosh, we got an Eclipse church here. I mean, you know, my first car was a Mitsubishi Eclipse. And I, I, thought, I thought if I still had that car, I could have made some good jokes. But I, but I didn't. But it was a good car. But how many of you enjoyed the Eclipse? I know some people were really let down. I mean, to some people, I need to preach how to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> to other people, uh, it, it, they really enjoyed it. But, you know, when you think about the eclipse, the last time I ever thought about an <laughs> eclipse, Craig's going to get his healing here in a minute. Say laughter. Now listen, I, 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 don't, I don't know what kind of eclipse it was, but the last memory I have of the eclipse was staring out of J.C., uh, whatever our even school was called, but TMS, my middle school, staring out of a window in one of the stairwells through a piece of paper with a hole in it, looking at some kind of eclipse back in middle school. I hadn't thought about any eclipse since then. But uh, I did get to take part in the eclipse uh, to some extent. But, you know, when it comes to the reality of the eclipse and what just took place, many people have questions it, it creates a lot of commentary. It creates a lot of interest in the last days and, and end-time conversations. And when I think about that, I think about what took place on the day of Pentecost. What well, we read here in Acts 2 where Peter quotes from the prophet Joel about the sun shall be turned into darkness. Now, the complete fulfillment of the sun shall be turned into darkness is the sun shall be turned into darkness. Meaning, in Matthew 24 and Revelation, Scripture clearly says that the sun at some point will be completely no more and turned into darkness. However, within that, oftentimes in prophecy and prophetic events, there are parallels or partial fulfillments or multi-layers of a prophecy. Meaning, the eclipse turning temporarily the sun into what it appeared to be darkness, that finds application in the text of what Peter quotes on the day of Pentecost. And notice that it's attached to before the coming of the Lord. Notice that before the coming of the Lord there will be signs in the heavens. Now, you got to understand that for an unbeliever who doesn't have the Holy Spirit, Jesus made that clear, they can't have the Holy Spirit because they cannot see Him. They cannot know Him through the five senses and every person who is not a born-again follower of Jesus Christ 
they live their life completely dependent on their five senses. Believers, on the other hand, are not to live dependent on your five senses because we have an inner man that has been made alive and quickened come into union with Jesus Christ and we can live by a spiritual sense where there's spiritual understanding, we have spiritual eyes, we have spiritual ears. You even have spiritual hands that can reach out right now and grasp from the Lord what benefits that He has set before you in the table that Jesus' blood and body has purchased for you. But unbelievers are dependent on their senses. And so what takes place in the signs of the heavens is not so much for you and I because Paul writing to the Thessalonians says that the last days and the day of the Lord won't take us like a thief in the night because we have ears to hear and eyes to see and we should be found watching and waiting in preparation, being involved in the work of the harvest. But the signs in the heavens is to get the attention of a lost world around us. But it also can be used for us as believers when we become dull of hearing. When we become dull of God's vision and purpose for our life. God, of course, being the creator of the earth, knew that the moon, the stars, being creator of them, the sun and the moon, He, of course, knew when eclipses and blood moons and all these things would take place because He's the creator of the universe and all things. I want us to be clear today that notice the text says, in the last days. It's not the last day, but it is the last days. Meaning, in the last days, these signs will take place, but them taking place does not designate a last day. See, Jesus said no one will know the day or the hour of his return. So these things taking place doesn't designate the last day. You are smart enough to know that because we're all here today. So the eclipse doesn't designate that that was the last day. But it does designate the reality that we are in the last days. For instance, the Apostle John who wrote what we refer to as the first letter of John. He wrote it around 100 A.D., over 1900 plus years ago. And he speaks in that letter in 1 John 2 and verse 18. He says, children, it is the last hour. Notice that. This is over 1900 plus years ago. And he writes to believers as the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, it is the last hour. Paul, writing to Timothy speaks of characteristics, speaks of things that will take place in the last days. The point is this, it is late. It is late on God's prophetic, predetermined time clock for history. Jesus, you know, in the days of His ministry, He spoke often about His return. He spoke of being prepared. He spoke of being watchful. He spoke of being faithful. He spoke of being fruitful. He spoke of being a good steward with the resources, the time, the uh, options and things set before us. He spoke about being prayerful. He spoke about being serious and not distracted in our waiting. I love that song. That in my waiting, I'm not waiting. It's so true. In my waiting, I'm being strengthened. In my waiting, I'm worshiping. In my waiting, I'm praising Him. In my waiting, I'm not waiting. But what else? Are we to do in the last days? Well, our text tells us in Acts 2 and 17, It shall come to pass in the last days. It says, God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men, men servants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming and the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's late, but it's not too late. Though it's late, it's not too late. It's not too late to get ready for the Lord's return. It's not too late to start over today. It's not too late to be a part of what God is doing on the earth today. 
It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've, you've wandered. It doesn't matter how long you've lived out your own passions, live for your own vision, live for your own dreams, live for your own desires. It's late, but it's not too late. It's not too late to be a vessel cleansed and prepared for the master's holy oil. It's not too late to receive a dream from God. It's not too late to receive a vision from God. It's not too late to speak about God to others. It's not too late to be used to see people saved, people delivered, people healed, people filled with hope, people upheld by your faith and in your service of them. It's late, but it's not too late. The first point I want us to see today from this text is God is still pouring out His Spirit upon people in these last days. God is still pouring out His Spirit. I'm more concerned and more focused about what God is doing than I am about what the devil's doing, what secret shadow governments are doing. I'm telling you that though it's late, and the enemy would try to conspire, and we know that the fulfillment of the Spirit of Antichrist is coming, I'm more concerned about what God is doing. Because God says, though it's late, it's not too late. It's not too late for me to fill you with my Spirit. It's not too late for me to clean you up. It's not too late for me to deliver you, to cause you to be sanctified and prepared for every good word and work. It's late, but it's not too late. Notice he says he'll... He's pouring out His Spirit today because this is the last days. We're in the last days. He's pouring out His Spirit today. We're not waiting for some just end thing. We're in the last days. The thing that people have been trying to wait for and wait for is today. God doesn't say I'll pour out my Spirit more in the very last day than I will in the last days. No, He is pouring out His Spirit and He's doing it upon all people. Now let me make it clear. All people means all races. All people means all races. Hallelujah. All races, God's pouring out His Spirit. All flesh means men and women. Notice that there's no other category, by the way. God has no other category. There's only men and women in God's category. You say that's an arrogant statement in a progressive society. No, it's not. It's the most humble statement you can make. Because biblical humility is being anchored and submitted to what God has declared. Not what I declare. Not what someone else has declared. And if people have a problem, it's not a problem with me. They have a problem with the one I represent. The one who's king and Lord. And loves them and died for them. And invites them to come because he'll pour out his spirit. But God only pours out his spirit on two categories of people. Because that's all there are. Men and women. All flesh means all ages. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. The good news is, is God's pouring out His Spirit on all ages today. And He's pouring out His flesh that mean, uh, on all flesh, and that means all nations. All people, all ages, all genders of male and female, and all nations. The actual day of Pentecost that Dr. Luke uh, records and describes here from where our text comes from in Acts 2 was the beginning of these last days. And that was almost 2,000 plus years ago. And that was the beginning of the last days. And if that was in the beginning of the last days, then that means we are still in the last days. This is why Scripture says a single day is as a thousand years to the Lord. And a thousand years... As a single day to the Lord. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 1. He says that the last day started when God spoke to us by his son. And through his son. And through the finished work of his son. When his son sat down at the right hand of God in heaven. And Acts 2 continues to say that he received from the Holy Spirit the promise of the Father. And then he poured it out on the day of Pentecost. So listen. The Eclipse Monday was just another witness God has graciously provided you with that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit today. That though it's late, it's not too late. Though it might be late in your journey of following Jesus Christ, 
And, and though you've maybe never been filled with the Holy Spirit, it's late, but it's not too late. That God still desires, He still longs, He still has a promise. It's called the promise of the Father for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You need it whether you realize it or not. See, we live in a supernatural world. Therefore, we need a supernatural power. I'll just sum it up this way. If Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how much more do I need it? If Jesus, who never was born in sin, though I was born in sin, how much more do we need it? Hallelujah. So number one, God is still pouring out His Spirit upon people in these days. Number two, when God pours out, He pours in. When God pours out, He pours in. This is important. Because a lot of people get deceived by some seducing spirits on what is the end goal and the purpose and the primary function of God pouring out His Spirit upon people. I remember when I first came around the spirit-filled side of Christendom and began to be involved and learn that there was a, we're not really a movement, but there was a sort of a revival type thing happening in South Georgia. The problem was, is what was moving people to this place was they said God was pouring out gold dust. The issue was that it wasn't God pouring it out directly. I guess you could get real liberal and say God was allowing some other people, some humans to pour it out for him. Meaning it was counterfeit. Meaning men was doing it. The sad thing is, is I knew one of the leaders that was a part of it personally, is that every one of those leaders who deceived people and said that God was pouring out and doing it and they were doing it, every one of them got judged by the Lord and went to be with the Lord before their time. If you don't know what that means, it means they died. They got sick, sick unto death. You read about 1 John 5. He judged everyone. God's pouring out His Spirit, but here's what happens when God pours out. He pours out to pour in. He's pouring out His Spirit to pour something into you and to me and to us. And guess what He pours in? He pours in prophetic words. God doesn't do something without speaking. When He created and desired to create an earth that we would be upon, what did He do? He spoke and the Spirit performed. When God pours out, He pours in prophetic words. This is why there in Acts 2, as Peter quoted from Joel the prophet, he said this, Your sons and your daughters, watch this, shall prophesy. Your men servants and on your maidservants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. What does that mean? It means when God pours out His Spirit, He pours in His people, His men servants and maidservants, His sons and daughters, He pours in them prophetic words. He pours within them the ability to speak under the unction and the ability of God's Spirit and anointing. There is a difference between just speaking and speaking under the unction and the anointing of God. There is a difference between just singing and singing under the unction and the anointing of God. If we could get all of the Christian music that goes out on the radios to not just be Christian music, but to be Christian music sung under the unction and the anointing of God, I would have to pull over a lot more on the side of the world than I do. Because there's a difference when you hear someone begin to prophesy and to proclaim the goodness of God, whether through speech or whether through song, there is a difference when the unction and the anointing of God's Spirit is upon it and not. And I'm telling you that it's late, but it's not too late to let God pour in your life the ability to prophesy, meaning to speak with the unction and the ability of God. To speak timely words. Words that are like a craftsman hitting the nail on the head with a hammer. Words that are fitly spoken. Words that hit right where people are at. That is prophetic words. See, prophetic words are inspired words, not our own words. See, the difference between encouragement and prophecy is encouragement stems from my maturity and it stems from 
my relationship and my understanding of the ways of God. But prophecy don't stem from me. Peter made it clear. Prophecy never came from the will of man. The prophetic unction and anointing means is you're not speaking your words, you're speaking inspired words. Prophetic words are spirit-directed words. They're not our own words. And this is important because Jesus said, people that speak from themselves, they speak from themselves because they seek their own will and they seek their own glory. But prophetic words, on the other hand, are about His words and about His glory. And you'll speak His words for His glory whether people want to hear them or not. That's what, the, that's what the ability of God to do. That's what the unction of God to do. Stephen, he, he, looked, he looked the critics right in the face with the compassion and love of God. But the unction caused him to say it despite what they did and they stoned him. And he didn't get upset about it because the whole time he says he was seeing Jesus. That's what the, the unction, the ability of God to do. That's why in Acts when it says they got filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll see one of the characteristics is they were filled with boldness to speak the Word of God. You know why? Because they had given up living for their will, their words, living for their glory, and they now live for the words of the King they represent. They now live for the will of the King they represent. They now live for the glory of another. And you think, in your, our flesh and pride thinks that's a bad thing, but I'm telling you it's the most freeing thing. That... Some people just need to hear the same message preached about 1,474 times in different language, but it's all trying to get you back to what you really need to do, and that's to surrender and submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ for your life, where it's no longer you living up for your opinion and your desires and your words and your glory and your legacy. You have been apprehended by the greatest legacy that there can ever be. His name is Jesus. Is Christ and His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Somebody say prophetic words. I want to tell you that it's late, but it's not too late to start speaking with His ability. It's late, but it's not too late to start speaking with His ability instead of your own ability. It's late, but it's not too late to start speaking His words instead of your own words. How many people tried to pressure on Facebook and they try to do it subconsciously and not directly, but they try to pressure you that they want you to speak your words or their words. I'm sorry, I was purchased a long time ago. I am called to speak His words. And that means that I'm not having to be molded and shaped by others' expectations because we're not living for no one's glory but His glory. And when you preach the gospel every week, you come against things every week. Because the gospel, as we already said, it's for all nations, all people, men and women, all ages. You want to talk about unity, there's unity right there in the gospel. You want to get unity, preach the gospel. Because Jesus Christ is the only banner that can bring us together and be knit tight and join together in love. Can I hear an amen? What a glorious king. What a glorious king. When God pours out, He pours in prophetic words, but notice He also pours in visions and dreams. He said, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Now, dreams and visions are very similar, but, but there's a distinction. One way you could put it is a vision is seeing what God has planned. But a dream is the imagination experiencing what God's possibility can accomplish. See, the imagination, your imagination, is not a bad thing. It's a God-given thing. But just like the devil seeks to take everything that God created and corrupt it, he seeks to do the same with our imagination. This is why you know when the spirit of fear hits your life, not just fear because the Bible says it's a spirit. And when the spirit of fear hits your life, guess what he tries to start doing? He starts to try, get, trying to get a hold of your imagination. And trying to get hold of your imagination for us to begin to think what He can do. 
But I'm telling you, when God pours out His Spirit, He pours in His dreams and His vision. And the Holy Spirit begins to let the fire of God burn in our imagination. And we begin to imagine what would happen today if I'm walking in the supermarket and the unction and the leading of God's Spirit came upon me. And He said, go pray for that person with the compassion and the love that I have put within you. And watch them be healed. You start imagining what would happen if the unction and the anointing of God hit me when I'm at the Braves game and I stand up in the middle of a section under the anointing of God and begin to preach and God's presence invades it and people begin to weep because they for the first time have met the rock that's higher than me and higher than them they begin to meet the rock of ages this is how the Holy Spirit wants to begin to ignite our imagination dreams and visions See, listen to me. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon a person flushes out their own vision and pours in God's vision for the life He has given them. I rephrased that because I, originally in my notes I said pours in God's vision for their life. But when you end it like that, it, it keeps seemingly sometimes in our mind reinforces what we're all trying to reinterpret the gospel that it's about us. So... I had that Holy Spirit mark that out moment. He said, phrase it where God pours in God's vision for the life He's given you. Meaning it's His life. He gave it to you. It's not your life. It's really not your life. It's His life that He gave you. But it's for His vision. It's for His dream for you. See, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon a person flushes out their own dreams and plans and pours in God's dreams and plans for the life He's given them. That's what God does. Listen, at the end of the day, the reason why some of our plans, our visions are not working is because there are plans and our visions. At the end of the day, we all need to be submerged under God's outpouring of His Spirit. We need to be submerged. That's a, a, a word and a picture, an illustration of what the gospel is clear about. That means a death to your vision. A death to your dream. And a coming alive to God's vision and dream for you as His vessel. I, listen. As an overseer here, I don't want you to work so hard. Every week, every day, day in and down. I don't want you to work so hard on a vision or a dream that in God's view is just wood, hay and stubble and useless for His eternal kingdom. I want you to be submerged with God's Spirit. That it flushes out your dreams and goals and plans and visions, but it fills you with God's dreams and goals and plans. Do you know God is dreaming? He's dreaming about what He wants to do on the earth. Do you know God right now is dreaming how He wants to reach people in this city and in this region and in this nation and around the world? Do you know God's dreaming? And He wants to fill you, fill us with His visions and His dreams. It might be late, but it's not too late for you to surrender to God's vision and God's dreams for the life He's given you. Do you know history is filled with people who later in life found alignment for what God had gifted them? It's not too late. It doesn't matter if you're 70, if you're 60, if you're 40. It doesn't matter if you've been a believer 10 years, 15 years. I want to tell you, though it's late, it's not too late. It's not too late. If it was too late, God wouldn't be inspiring and telling us to say it's not too late. It is not too late. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable time of the Lord. Today is a day to encounter Almighty God and let Him fill you with His dreams, His visions, His prophetic words. Lastly on this point, notice when God pours out and He pours in. Listen, He pours these things into people. See, that's where the gold dust and all that stuff gets off. Because when God pours out His Spirit, He's trying to pour something into people. Because God cares what's on the inside of us because we're His body. We're His children. We're His vessel. 
So God is still pouring out His Spirit upon people in the last days. When God pours out, He pours in prophetic words, visions and dreams. And then number three, when you speak out, it shall come to pass that people shall call out. Notice it said that the end of this passage is that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, listen to me. An expectation comes when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why this is? It's because the Holy Spirit, one of the ways He's referred to in Scripture, is the Spirit of faith. The Spirit of faith. And the Spirit of faith, the working of the Holy Spirit, begins to give you an expectation that when you begin to speak out, that there's going to be an unction, there's going to be an anointing upon it that's going to penetrate the hearts that the Holy Spirit has been preparing, that's going to begin to penetrate people around you, and that it's going to lead to people coming to know the grace and the goodness of God, and that they're going to call out on the name of the Lord and be saved. So you begin to expect that the Holy Spirit will use you to speak out regarding His good news, His mercy, His grace, His holiness. That God will use you to see people call out on the Lord and be born again, be delivered, to call out on the, uh, uh, out on the Lord in a pure heart of repentance and sincere faith. I want to tell you today that though it's late, it's not too late to start sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with family, with siblings, with friends, with co-workers, with neighbors. That though it's late, it's not too late to begin to speak out because the Holy Spirit wants to fill you with an expectation that as you speak out, not about your righteousness, but His righteousness. Not about your ability to save, but His ability to save. That He is going to reach those that he longs to reach. Paul said, how shall they believe unless they hear? Romans 10, 12, for there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him on whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? It's late, but it's not too late to begin to speak out. Let me go ahead and and karate kick the meme and karate kick the quote that people use that use words if it's necessary. It is necessary. God has chosen through the foolishness of preaching and words and the sharing about Jesus Christ and Him crucified to prick hardened hearts, to draw prepared hearts to Him. It is necessary that we preach the gospel with words. How shall they believe? Unless they hear. It's late, but it's not too late for you to speak. I got good news for you today. My daddy is rich in mercy. My daddy is rich in grace. My daddy is rich in salvation. We're talking about a holistic salvation. Salvation that's more than forgiveness of sins. It's a new heart. It's a new mind. It's a new direction. It is absolutely a new mindset. You can get a quickened body. You can get new emotions. You can get a healed, whole salvation. He's rich today. He's not stingy. He's not braiding up His blessings. He's rich and ready to disperse. But He he pours out when we speak out. God is... Still pouring out His Spirit upon all people. These days, when God pours out, He pours in prophetic words, visions, and dreams. When you speak out, it shall come to pass that people shall call out. Lastly, when you live it out, salvation shall be passed out. For some of you, if you've spoken out, but those you believe to be saved are not calling out, listen to me. It probably will be as God's vision and plans come to pass in your life that gets their attention. If you have already begun to speak out, 
It's not brought them to call on the name of the Lord. It means that probably it's not going to be until you let your visions and your dreams die and you become submerged on the, under the outpouring of God's Spirit and you let Him pour in on the inside of you His will, His vision, His prophetic words, His dreams for the vessel, for the life He's given you. And as you walk in that kingdom assignment, it will begin to draw them unto Him. See, the reason why God pours in dreams and visions, the reason God pours in prophetic words is that the end result of His vision and dream through your life is for others to know Him being fulfilled. The visions and dreams of God that He puts in His people has an end result of His vision and His dream for others to know Him being fulfilled. That's how you know when you're living out and walking out a God vision, a God dream that He put in you because it will lead to others calling out. It will lead to others following Him because that is the end goal of why God pours out His Spirit upon our life to be a supernatural witness to the authority of Jesus Christ, the King of glory, the kingdom of God that is here, to be a supernatural display of His compassion and His grace and His goodness. Can I tell you that God has dreams and visions He wants to pour out today? Because when that dream and vision comes out of you, it will lead to others calling out to Him. See, when you walk in His vision for the life He's given you, His salvation will reach more people. When you let His dreams for your life be walked out, it will cause more people to know Him. We can't be integrous we can't be sincerely honest in saying we care to see the nations come under the King of grace, the King of glory, Jesus Christ, and still live for our dreams and our visions and our words. The only way to be sincere in that confession is to say, God, here I am. Feel me and flush out of me everything that's of my own accord and fill me with everything that's of your accord for this vessel. I'm not going to compare myself to other vessels. I'm not going to compare myself to other assignments. I'm not going to compare myself to other dreams you put in other vessels and other visions, but I just want to walk out the dream and the vision you've called me to. It might be a dream for your household. It might be a dream for your family. It might be a dream for one neighbor. And then God's dream through that neighbor, like Billy Graham, reaches the multitudes. All I'm telling you is that God has something He wants to pour out and pour into you. And it will cause more people to know His goodness and His compassion to encounter the Lord of glory. It will lead to more praise and honor of Him. And His salvation includes all that Jesus' blood purchased. When you live out your dream, it'll cause people to experience all of that salvation. People experience more than just forgiveness. They'll experience hope. They'll experience peace. They'll experience compassion. They'll experience mercy. They'll experience healing. They'll experience God's purpose for them. I want to tell you today that it's late, but it's not too late. You maybe have squandered some years as a teenager. You maybe have squandered decades of your life. You maybe have squandered years of following Jesus or opportunities you had. But I'm telling you, though it's late, it's not too late. I remember when I was squandering years and opportunities. I remember the last season of my rebellion. Every time I did high, fear would hit me that the Lord was coming back. Well, those seeds of fear reached culmination, reached a pinnacle. On one night when I had a bad trip, mixing drugs and alcohol, and thought it was too late. Thought I was in hell. Thought I was lost forever. Thought that my opportunity to show the goodness of God and that name that I had confessed was too late. 
Then when I, in God's mercy, He spared me and I came back to Him, I thought, well, now it, I can go to heaven. I can follow Jesus, but it's too late. It's too late to reach my high calling. It's too late to get filled with God's vision and dream and to walk it out. I'll never forget the years of fear trying to cripple me in my process of sanctification and being set apart and preparation. Saying it's late, but it's not just late, it's too late for you. I remember that the Holy Spirit spoke to me in those times. One of the things he said, he said, Chad, I want you to know to keep moving forward because I'm going to allow your life, consciously and subconsciously, to be a testimony that though it's late, it's never too late. That it still is the day of salvation. We still live in the dispensation of grace that Jesus Christ and my rich daddy is still dispensing salvation and healing. He can still purify today. He can still deliver today. He can still unlock that cold place of your heart where darkness tries to abide. That though it's late, it's never too late. He can cleanse you. He can fill you. He can give you His passion for the nations. His passion for a dream and a desire. Though it's late, it's not too late. Let Him start a work in you. Don't just live. Let God live in you and through you. Don't just dream. Let God dream in you and through you. Don't just have visions. Let God's vision be in you and through you. Though it's late, it's not too late. It's not too late to be a vessel prepared and useful for the Master. To be cleansed, to be found faithful and fruitful. To be found watching and waiting. see people built up in the faith walking in God's plan for them I want you to know today if you've dealt with those fears that it's too late I want you to know in conclusion that he's more in love with you than you know he is so much more in love with you than you know and he's always with you wherever you go God's still pouring out His Spirit upon people in these days. When God pours out, He pours in prophetic words, visions, and dreams. When you speak out, it shall come to pass that people shall call out. And when you live it out, salvation shall be passed out to those around you. I want us right there in our seats. In a holy moment. Wherever you want to be to position yourself before God. Again, thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at www.dwellingplacemovement.org.